What's up, dude? What up, bro? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Perfectly clear. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I put my podcast audio into the computer when I do this for a little better. I think it's fine either way. I've done it both. Yeah. Bro, your beard is ferocious. <laughs> I'm trying to get on your level, bro. Bro, I just shaved mine. I was afraid of the virus, so. Yeah, I figured it. I didn't want to be socially judged. Mm. Dude, bro, what what is new, man? It's good to see your face. Good to see you. What's new? Uh, let's see. So one April, I retired out of the uh, service after 24 years. Thanks for your service uh, yeah, to the country, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I came in at 18 and just kind of got sucked into it, and you know, nothing wrong with doing it. It was fun, but I was over it at the same time. You know what I mean? Like. 24 years of doing this, you know, it wasn't the same, right? I did different jobs, but it just gets exhausting. So for sure, man, how have you been enjoying retirement so far? Uh, it's been good. You know, as you know, you know, being a co you know, an owner of a gym, that was my retirement plan, man. It's so it's been stressful, right? Like I, I get out of the service and I'm like, cool, here's your retirement plan. Oh wait, time out. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to need a, uh, head on out on that yeah dude yeah. it's it is weird because uh with us core and i we just bought the new gym yeah no, um, I know. like and when you were in town last like that was we were right in the midst of that uh, move and remodel and man now it's the total opposite so we went from being totally bogged down busy to hey you let's work on every project we haven't had time to do it's great right yeah, it's just a tough spot. I mean, we're in the same, you know, we were going to renew our lease and knock down the wall and the lady hit us a ridiculous amount of money. So we're actually looking to, you know, move locations during this or hopefully right after this clears up. I wonder if, I wonder if now you have better negotiating power on something like that. Yeah. Like who's going to lease something after this? Right. During, and, during. You know, and part of the, you know, their the rates a lot better. Their square foot's a lot better than what I pay right now, but it's, it's writing in a clause of like, Hey, if another, if it pops up again and we deal with it, COVID 20, you know, like I need to guarantee that there's leniency on the rent, you know, cause when we're, we can't bill, you know, we're kind of stuck. For sure, man. It's a, it's a weird spot to be in. How, uh, have you had a lot of cancellations, your members? Uh, zero from my location, actually. Uh, that's not true. I've had one. Um, just one. Great. But yeah, I mean, I, I got a little bit different demographics. I mean, most of our students are uh, Border Patrol, law enforcement, uh, customs, you know. Obviously, that Raytheon's a big company out here so i got quite a few families that they work out there and you know they're teleworking but they're still getting paid really good money you know but for me i had a couple that okay you know hey like still charge us but at the end of the day like i have a hard time with that right like i do too man i've had some people hit me up and be like hey i know i'm not coming but i want you to run my membership anyway yeah, uh, and i've had members say run it for twice and i'm like yeah. no 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 yeah. And I was just, you know, at the same time, like, you know, most of the answers was like, well, I was used to paying for it anyways and nothing's changed. And, you know, we're grateful for that. But at the end of the day, when it's a couple hundred bucks compared to thousands and thousands, it's a, you know, it's devastating. 
for sure, man. We've, we've had, we've had a few cancellations. Um, nothing that we're like really worried about. Our mortgage is taken care of. Yeah. They waived the waived April. Like it never happened. Cause we've just taken possession. Oh, okay. And then for six months, our mortgage is paid through nice. just like the type of loan we had with SBA. Yeah. That is, um, so that's going to alleviate some things. And then we're getting a couple other things, uh, grants and, and loans taken care of. So we, we should yeah. come out fine. I'm still getting my, my, uh, teaching income. Right. So it's a great time for me to develop uh, my courses, which I'm yeah. doing. No, it's, uh, you know, it's using me. I've been kind of opposite, right? Like <laughs> I haven't been using my time wisely, but enjoy it, man. You're retired. It, it is what it is. So, and like I said, our location, you know, my South, you know, uh, my business partner, his main location is huge. You know, that running. Who's your, who is that? Uh, David Riley. So, and that's the you know the black belt that I joined up with out here, uh, part of Team Sean Hammonds, and uh, you know, but they, their business down there, dude, it's eleven hundred to thirteen hundred members, sixteen thousand square feet, like you know, and a lot of the in downtown Tucson, you know, so a lot of the business comes from the college, you know, so it's definitely. Uh, you know, it's going to be impact down there for sure. For sure. Yeah. We're, we're super close to campus in our new location, 8,000 square feet on it. Um, did I send you the video of the new podcast studio? Uh, I don't think I saw it. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's sweet, man. I'm excited. It's, it's big. Um, Tim, the boxer, he's over there working on it right now. He remodeled it for me during this downtime. And yeah. uh, we've got it all finished up and I'm excited. Nice. So, what did you, uh, uh, so I know this is your podcast, but what got you into doing uh, the podcast stuff? Well, I mean, honestly, I started getting into it when I was uh, getting my de uh, undergraduate degree in history. When I was an undergraduate, one, I did a documentary about my grandpa with Jeff Woods. You know, Woods is going to be our, our first black belt. Um, you competed against Woods in a jiu-jitsu tournament at White Belt, bro. I remember, <laughs> I remember like, uh, some sort of weird uh, back take transition where he, like, had your back from standing, and you, like, got the, you got the whizzer on him and then, like, took him down or something. Um, <laughs> But yeah, ages, ages ago when you were a white belt and he was a white belt and now you're a white belt, he's about to be a white belt. But, um, <clears throat> but what got me into this, I did a documentary with him and then I worked on a project. I was just talking to one of my other professors today. Who's now retired. He's the guy that wrote the, one of the authors, of the Arkansas history textbook. I converted old VHSs into DVDs for the yeah. depart history department. That was one of my jobs. And then I started filming and editing these, like, uh, we would contact an instructor and we would just film them, do a presentation. And I would, uh, like basically make it into like a little documentary. I'd throw an image up when they're talking about this, I'd throw the image up, put a little Ken Burns effect on it. Right. So I was making these, so essentially podcasting, you know, and, I've always wanted to to do more YouTubing and I've been doing a lot over the last couple of years and right. it's just a, it's just an interest man I mean I remember when I was uh in high school and I was writing one of my term papers I chose the topic the history of film it's it's like it's always been an interest to me right um and I think that it just kind of just naturally came out that I did this like I've always been kind of attracted to podcasting 
Right. And uh, it's been a pretty cool extension of everything that I got going on. Like our episodes, like going to be a jujitsu centric episode, as I figured that's what we would talk mostly about. For sure. I just did a episode with Mr. Dream. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It was good. We're doing like a big series, maybe as many as ten episodes. But we just talked about Taekwondo. Oh, okay. So um I, I'm doing this big MMA unraveled series with him. Part one was Taekwondo Unraveled. Right. Um and we just talked about his whole so we stayed on topic with that. We're doing Joe Lewis next. Oh, okay, nice. It's gonna be cool. We're gonna do like each one is gonna be an art. Right. So that'll be cool. Might take you a little while to do all that. <laughs> it is. Why well, I told him I said, Hey, I'm not in a hurry because I've wanted to do this with him since I started the podcast but man this has been good actually and like with me setting up the new studio I'm gonna triple down on bettering doing these distance podcasts like this and start doing podcasts I mean like I won't have to wait for you to be in Little Rock and for me to be not busy and you to be not busy here we are dude I see your yeah. face it's essentially the same it's better than talking on the phone yeah technology you know. It's great. And I think that the, the future will be a lot more like this. And um, I'm just going to keep playing around with better methods of doing the distance cast. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, what's new for you uh, in jiu-jitsu, man? I see that you had still been competing a lot. Um, yeah. What's uh, going on in, in your jiu-jitsu life? Yeah, so uh, 2019 obviously was pretty busy. Uh, March time frame. Uh, Danny came out, got my black belt, uh, Congrats, stayed, man. yeah, stayed pretty busy in 2019 towards the end. I had uh hernia surgery, uh, yeah. hernia. I had that same thing, man. And, and it kind of, you know, I jumped back into it a little too quick just for my own, like, you know, I was going to come three weeks after having the surgery and it was just rough on me and I had a super fight after that. Um, so this year, I mean, the goal really for me is actually kind of slow down. Obviously, with the virus, it's, it's changed a lot of things. But slow down, do a couple of the major tournaments, you know, focus a little bit more on the kids program as far as getting them out to compete, getting the adults out to compete a little bit more, um, and kind of go from there. You know, I closed out 2019. I had a really fun time at Nogi Worlds. You know, I really enjoy, like, the small tournaments are great, right? Don't get me wrong. But it's, you know, I'd almost rather just referee those, have my students there and kind of just do the big ones and, you know, let them enjoy some of the, the smaller ones where I'm more focused on them and not myself. For sure, man. Competing is, um, it does have a certain level of selfishness to it. Uh, that yeah. was something that I was always like torn yeah. and always and always still trying to go compete away from my students but unless it was just like me going with like Mike and a group of people or something, it was like, that was the only time it was ever like stress-free. Like right. I remember one time competing and I think we had like 31 of, of people from the gym competing and I like coached also. And it's like, dude, that's the type of stuff that really burned me out on it. Honestly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like I said, it's nice on the bigger events. Cause you know, it's a smaller group. It's the hardcore people, you know, when we go to Vegas, we go to California, it's the five to 10 people that, you know, we all get ready for it at the same time. So you're not like, you know, it's a small group of us just focused on the end goal. How far of a drive is that to Vegas for you? Uh, Vegas right at about six hours. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. We've talked about it. It's like, like a Dallas trip. 
yeah. for, for me. Yeah. So it's not so bad. I mean, California, obviously we, we flew out this year and, you know, we'll see what happens with master worlds this year, but you know, I still enjoy the, the competitive aspect, but again, it comes with the risk versus, you know, at the end of the day, what's the reward. There really is no, like, you know, there's no real need to do it in my opinion. It's more of a personal want, but as an owner, you know, what I noticed when, after I had the surgery, right. And I'm running the gym, I'm teaching all the kids classes, you know, luckily I had a striking instructor and I had some help in the adult jiu-jitsu side, but man, you get hurt, you're sidelined, like it's tough. You know, it's really hard, you know, to mentally like come in there even injured and provide the service that you need to provide. So. It is super difficult, man. Um, I've been there myself with that same surgery and it was, I, I bounced back and that's like when I went into a surge of competing, that was like that purple belt, like purple brown yeah. belt when I competed the most was um, after that surgery. I was competing before that surgery, but it knocked me out for over six months, man. Yeah. And then I had that autoimmune disease issue. Right. Um, so it was a, it was a, it was something difficult to overcome for me, but I bounced back from it. I, I felt like pretty hard. Yeah, no, I feel good now. I just, you know, initially like only giving it three weeks to heal. Cause I knew I had events that I didn't want to back out of, you know? So it's like, all right, you just kind of, kind of deal with it. But then six months after that, I'm like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that as it's flaring up and <laughs> making me miserable. It's weird. You know, I started running in November, um, every week a few times a week maybe maybe two to three times uh average there's been a couple of times and i think it's just the scar tissue breaking down but like the surgery site like for a long time that site was like hardened like the scar like you could just feel the scar tissue oh, yeah. hard. i think it's just that breaking down uh yeah. and i think like running was making my hips move in a way that i just hadn't like maybe it was breaking it down in a way that it hadn't moved before much since because man i can't i think i ran a couple of 5ks after my right. surgery but man i just never i never ran too much and i would do the elliptical and stuff but i never had any sort of a flare-up like that and i don't think it's like tearing or anything it, it doesn't feel it's just like a it's almost like a, a nerve tingling almost like a scar tissue breaking down yeah, for me, it was, you know, I was training, it's been a couple months now, and it's feeling better now, but one of uh, our guys, Purple Belt, man, he took my back, put the first hook in, and the other hook came swinging, man, and just heel kicked right on the incision. Oh, dude, I got need uh, on my incision not too long after, and I was so upset. I was like, I was upset myself for, like, being out there sparring and shit and, like, putting myself at risk because – I didn't recover, man. It was the rough recovery for me. It was like, I thought, like, if they make it seem, and I mean, everybody's different, but I like, in my research, I didn't, did not have a good recovery from it, but they're no, like, I, hey, you know, a couple weeks, you'll be back, you know, and, and then yeah. like, you know, six weeks, you'll be good. And then like six months, they give you this little formula, but it was six months before I could even start to come back. Yeah. No, and that's, like I said, I jumped, I mean, literally, I think eight weeks prior, I had a, uh, super fight <laughs> nogi and i'm like the guy knee cut passed or was going for my back and i'm like oh this is just miserable you know but i had a hard time with it too like i tell people like man i had really bad anxiety after the surgery because it's like man i just was stuck on the couch i was getting stuck in the house like i couldn't walk right and to me it was like crushing i'm like i'm just standing in the kitchen just 
going crazy. And I'm like, I legit had some attacks. It was rough uh, on me as well. I didn't experience any anxiety, honestly. Um, but uh, it's weird. I will say though, after I started, um, after I started teaching, I was like, my sleep got all out of whack and I had like, and I think it was, I think it was cause I was getting a little overweight and having some sleep apnea, dude. But, um, I had these, uh, episodes where I had these like nocturnal panic attacks where like I woke up just like in a sweat, like just freaking out just couldn't turn it off either. Like anytime I've ever got like anxiety, like a, a feeling like that before I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm not dying. <laughs> I'm good. Like, right. I, you know, there's always that inner dialogue of, oh, this is, you're okay. This is just a little, like, you just get a lightheaded or, or whatever it is. It, it's, you know, you get that way from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. And part but, of it, part of it for me too was, you know, I couldn't, you know, this happened. I got diagnosed, I don't know, maybe early summer. Um, but I couldn't even do my job at work until it was fixed, you know? And then even afterwards, it's like, you know, I had the repair and I was like, just the motivation to, to go back to, to go back to flying was like, and I just, I'm about to retire. Do I really need to do this? You yeah. know? So mentally, like, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, all right, well, I'm done. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of nice. I mean, not having that stress of having to fly and work and do all that crap, but it's pretty good. How much rolling did you get in after the surgery? Very much. Did you, did you say that super fight was after the surgery? Yeah, Superfight is about two months afterwards. Okay. So, yeah, I had surgery in September, and then the Superfight was in November. So, and that was crazy. I just, you know, I, I jumped right back into it. But, man, even preparing for that, like, I couldn't – you know what it takes. Like, the cardio level for an eight-minute match and just the mental preparation, like, you know, I was having a hard time getting into it. And that's why, you know, that was November. I didn't – you know, and then I came back out, Nogi Worlds in December, and, like, felt great you know, just that little bit of extra heel time. And, but that's why I kind of decided like 2020 and give my body a little time to rest and, you know, do, uh, do a couple majors and just kick it. So yeah. try to build the business, you know, we're in a weird time right now with, uh, once it comes back. So we'll kind of see. Are you doing anything, um, like zooms, anything like that to keep your members engaged? Yeah. So we're in, and there really hasn't been, you know, between the both, cause we're doing the zoom free, right. We're not charging anything, um, between our downtown and even our South. Like we just don't have a lot of people tuning in. Um, but we're doing a grappling for adults twice a week. I just started kids twice a week. Uh, we've got striking three days a week and then fitness five days a week. Um, Are you doing your adult grappling classes? Um, it's been kind of interesting. You know, we've really been kind of just doing solo drills, um, keeping them I've done three. I've done three classes like that. Yeah. And we're only doing honestly, like, man, these guys that want to pump out 45 minutes to an hour. Like it's just not productive to me. We're oh. literally the kids and adults like, man, I'm keeping it like 20, 25 minutes tops, you know, and then we're just recording it, go editing it just a little bit and then, you know, throwing it out there so they can review it later, you know, cause yeah, we, we, we're doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, you know, uh, Matt's honest, like, opinion is I'm just not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the virtual platform. I'm not going to try to redesign my business model around a virtual classroom. Mm -hmm. And I see guys doing it. Does it hold value? Sure. 
but is it jujitsu? I mean, we both kind of know. I think it's so niche too. It's like, it's going to be like, Hey, Jack Toffer's student from the Philippines is going to zoom in to the class he's teaching at commas tonight. It's going to be very specific instances like that. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to be like, Hey, I'm teaching eight to 12 year old jujitsu and little Preslin's not here. So she's zooming in today. I don't think it's going to become that. I do, you know, for the, for striking, for shadow boxing, I like it, but man, for the adult jujitsu, I've done those three classes. I'm going to start trying to think about like, I'm going to do like some live Q and A's with Cora, with just us and our geese and like some like vlog style, like not jujitsu, just like, Hey, like Mike's Mike page. He was just on the podcast. I just shared it today, but, um, he um he's doing these things in the morning like a facebook live where he just drinks coffee and talks jujitsu right that shared he did a zoom the other day where he shared a they he broke down a jujitsu match and and streamed that so and there's there's plenty to do at the same time i just don't you know when it comes to the people that are trying to build like you know these online platforms you know, to be able to launch it and sell memberships. Like I, I saw a post the other day, like, Oh, I just sold a mom and a kid. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, are they, you know, how much are they really gaining out of that? You know, you're the time invested in it is a lot. I just don't see a lot of return when it comes to why are they going to pick me over name any other like super high level black belt that's doing the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? When, when exactly. it's, it's a digital age where they can hop on and, they can go to Galval's Zoom class or they can find it on YouTube or whatever. Like what's going to draw them into me? What's going to draw them into you? Like you're still going to have some specific members, but I just feel like there's too much out there. There is a lot out there. And, and with the downtime now, it's like there's an oversaturation in, yeah. in a sense. And there is some good stuff. I'll tell you who's putting out some kick-ass workouts and um, I'm going to try and have them on the podcast, but uh, Daniel O'Brien. Mm. he's putting out some amazing um he did this tennis ball workout with the jab and double jab all right that was a and jab cross it was amazing and then he um he's kicking and different things he's taekwondo guy too but he's high level jiu-jitsu guy man he's the dude he did the tournament blindfold oh okay right and he hit like a ball he's famous for hitting the ball and chain arm bar um he's he's good but uh you know, he's been putting out some good workouts. And you know who Greg Nelson is? Mm-hmm. He's been putting out some killer shadow boxing workouts on his, like, personal Facebook and stuff. I'm just like, I can't believe that you're creating this content for free. Right. Yeah, and it's getting, you know, at the same time, it's just getting those people to tune in, you know, with what's going on. Like, you know, I admit it. Like, even my personal motivation has been kind of like, eh, because my routine is off, right? It's hard. it's hard. It's hard to have a schedule that's, like, I'm doing better with it because a, I have these podcasts scheduled like every day, B I'm teaching online. So I appropriate like a few hours of that every day of just like filming lectures, doing research, stuff like that, putting stuff on uh, the learning platform. But I'm able to stay busy, but man, uh, exercise, doing doing the Zooms at the gym. But I mean, my day's staying pretty full, but if it wasn't like, if I wasn't doing all this other stuff, I wish I would have been doing while I was working. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's staying busy. Right. But again, for me, a lot of it's just that working out time of like, 
you know, going to the gym, you know, getting those rolls in. I mean, we've, I've been doing a little bit here and there just to keep the mind fresh, but you know, it's not like you're have, you, have you been doing any other, like, have you been hitting weights machines? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit. Yeah. I got a home gym. So in the garage is built out pretty decent. So doing that, but again, it's, you know, it's too easy to go out there and just turn around and come back in. You know, I'm very precise when it comes to like, you know, I'm going to wake up at seven. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to come home and go teach my class, you know? Yeah. So just that schedule base of, you know, and part of that's that whole military in me, right? Like I've got to have like, you know, a lot of my stuff isn't like on the fly, right? Like I want my day planned out. I want my week kind of planned out. Things are going to come. I know, man. There's like, I mean, I had a six hour window and then I, I just, you know, a few months ago started around November, started getting up at four. Right. And so from like four to six, what I would do is um, I refer to the four to five period as getting my shit together. <laughs> it's like where I let the dogs out and drink coffee and take my probiotic and get hydrated and, right. you know, uh, maybe hit the foam roll, whatever my, I need to do. Then I go work out. Right. And then I'll come back home. I'll have already showered. I'll have my work clothes on. I usually have like an hour to chill after yeah. that. So, um, I may work during that time or whatever, but that whole routine was gone. And then, um, then the six hour block after that, or when I was on campus, my commute to campus gone, right. so, but I've been staying pretty busy, man. Um, today I did tons of like just research working on these couple of lectures, man. It's like, I've been talking with this, uh, mentor of mine, um, who I took Arkansas history with. He wrote, he's one of the authors of the book and he's dude, he's a wild, a wild dude, but he's been helping me with, um, just this and that for the course, which is awesome, man. I mean, how, to say I got the guy that is like one of the pioneer of the textbook and everything helping, uh, helping me with my class. It's very, it's very reassuring, but, um, that's been nice. And man, it's allowed this little downtimes allowed me to have times to do uh, things like that to start. I'm, I've been wanting to get an article published for some time, um, and do more writing projects. And I'm working on that. Uh, I interviewed a guy that for the Arkansas encyclopedia. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah. I'm just ready for jujitsu to return just like everybody else. You know, it's just kind of, uh, it's going to be different, man. It's, you know, I don't say it with negativity. I just say it with, you know, there's going to be those outlying people that just have that fear and, you know, anxiety about it and just don't want to come back to it. So, you know? Are you saying some people are not going to want to get their eyes sweated in? Um, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man. You know, that's right. when, you know, you're, you got your guard pass. You're like, Oh man, I screwed up. You get neon belly and I really screwed up. They passed him out and it's just that big sweaty dude of just all that stuff running down off their head and on the face to me, I don't care. Right. But you know, that average new white belt or even the person that's, you know, training six months. So I, uh, maybe this isn't for me. Oh dude. You know, here's, here's one that happened the other day with me, but happens on rare occasions is closed guard. I broke somebody's posture down. And I like had their elbows in right like, when I did it. Like, so they couldn't, they were, they're doing like drink style of like locking the hips out. Right. Yeah. So like they, their hands are stuck there. 
So they come down and like our faces touch. So we basically <laughs> kiss each other. Yeah. Like 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 lip on lip, but it's like <laughs> mustache yeah. gets away, beard gets away. Yeah. I mean weirder stuff's happened, man. Yeah. You know. Uh did you ever train with Daniel Garcia? Uh Brazilian dude. Yeah, he's yeah, he broke three of my ribs when I was a white belt. Dude, he made me cry one time. My my kid was, I tell people the story. My kid was three days old, bro. Three days old. I'm like, I need to get out of the house and go train. And uh, Danny was getting ready for something, and Daniel was in town. It was probably the 2012 Worlds. Yeah. Or or, uh, Brazilian Nationals, rather. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I think I was was still a white belt, so it might have been, you know, a little bit prior uh, to that event. But, dude, like, threw an arm bar on it arm bar off of mount or something and literally three ribs popped i still got the tusks <laughs> man i got one like that from rolling with brandon quick uh and it was so oddly incidental i'll tell you what happened is he was waiting to truck me right but i was i was in like a referee position on all fours and i like i like turned one way and i guess because he had my hips locked in it popped out, but it wasn't even anything he did. He wasn't like cranky. It was just a weird incidental thing. But after that, man, and it plagued me, but I still like, while I lay flat on a surface belly down, I noticed that shit. Still feel it. Man, what was I going to say about Daniel Garcia? I don't remember. He was a demented dude. <laughs> what were we talking about before, uh, before that? Uh, it slipped my mind. Yeah, I don't know what we were talking about. You just asked well, we were talking about getting sweat in the face and uh oh oh yeah yeah daniel would always refer to north south as 69 guard <laughs> like like one time uh johnny wester i believe was there too um yeah. and and i've heard him tell the story as well but and, and i was and it may have been the same class may have been a separate class but to my knowledge same same one he's talking about um, because he was there at Bentonville, like he stayed there for like a few months and he did a couple of seminars, uh, at my location. So I trained with him quite a bit, but he was teaching one day and he's like, all right, guys, uh, 69 gods. <laughs> and, uh, we're like, well, dude, you can't call it that. It's called North South. And he's like, shut up, stupid 69 God. And we're like, 69 guard, dude. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Whoa. Whatever yeah, he's Dude, one time he, so I was defending, he was trying to choke me, right? Nogi. And I yeah. was just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this. I'll just do this like a home alone, like Kevin McAllister did. And he choked me anyway, like over my fingers like this. And like flexed my teeth in, dude. Like I felt like I remember him, like it made my eyes water. That's why I said it made me cry. Yeah. That's why I tried. It was, it was wild. Yeah. And I tried telling, you know, Again, as an instructor and stuff, you know, we play jujitsu, right? And it's, you know, there's times where we just got to turn it on. But it's like training with those guys. Like, there was no, like, there was no level of, like, okay, let me go at 70%. Like, it was always 180. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna jack you up, plain and simple. Uh, quick story. It was funny, man. Tim, uh, you know, when I first started. Lefebvre? But yeah, Lefebvre was always in yeah. there. Right? Well, he just came out to the gym. Uh, he was out here doing some stuff a couple months ago oh, cool. and, uh, he hadn't trained dude, like since his back stuff, but it was just funny, like seeing it come full circle where I could just like whoop his ass without, <laughs> you know, 
because I just remember walking into drinks, like just getting murdered by that guy, like every day for six months straight. I did a weeping seminar one time and Tim was my partner for part of it. And I remember him doing like, yeah, how Drang will show the arm bar, but it's like, he goes below the elbow. Right. I, I remember like under the armpit, I remember t- Tim wrenching down and like, like showing, explaining it to somebody on me. And I was like, ah! it was, it was brutal, dude. But yeah, that guy, um, that guy was tough as nails. He was a slab of iron, man. Yep. But it was, uh, you know, again, that's to revert or to change the topic. It's like injuries, you know what I mean? That you just can't come back from, you know, and his back and neck and stuff was stuff that just kind of limited his return to jujitsu. And that's why I'm, I try to stress, you know, the stacking and being careful because, you know, I just don't want it to ruin it for anybody else or for me. Right. I want to be able to train as, as long as I can, you know, and stay healthy. For sure. So what do you think about this idea? So, like, I've been studying the hell out of these uh, Tenth Planet warm-ups. Uh-huh. Um, and the first, uh, there's eight sets of them, right? So the first set is all emphasized on the Granby roll. Right. So, the fr- and there's four sets. So it'd be like A, one, two, three, and four. B, one, two, three, and four. Yep. But, like, A1 is the only one to my knowledge. It's just solo drilling. It's like, hey, do it from your back, finish on your back. Do it from your knees, finish on your knees. And that incorporates it into techniques and that rest of that series for like flow and chain drills. And then like later on, but man, I'll tell you through studying that. And then like a few of the guard um, passes where you like pick people's ankles up, like when having that action done to you, like, man, I feel like actually so much, so much less likely to be injured because I'm studying the hell out of and trying to understand these Granby's and incorporate them and can have more control and uh, over my body and be active with them and use them in my roles. Right. That I actually think that that will probably bring about injury prevention versus through education. Like just basically like, Oh, I don't do that move. Cause it's, you might get injured, you know, stacked on your neck, but it's like, Man, that really, that move for me has always been the key to like when you get stacked on your neck. No, for sure. And it's, but it's teaching and it's, you know, having, it's getting them, it's the awareness, right? Of like knowing when it's too late or when I need to do the, the Grammy, when I need to bail out of the position. Yeah. And and I, that's, that's what I've been taking away is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, the 10th planet stuff, like I train with the, these guys have got a good 10th planet gym in Tucson and I go down there to their open mats. I go down there and take their classes. Like, you know, good friends with the instructor. Um, they're, you know, at, on a level where I can go in there and train and, you know, um, but I love, you know, their jujitsu, you know, it's just different. Right. You know, but I think I don't want to say that it's young guy jujitsu, but in a way, like I feel like it's just a little bit of the younger crowd when it comes to that style of jujitsu it's tough, I think, to teach some of that stuff initially to a guy in their 40s or 50s. And that's just my take on it. No, for sure. For sure. It's not one of those things that I would say um, is for for everyone. And then I'll say even like uh, certain demographics within doesn't matter the age. Right. Uh, Like you could be 25, but, you know, 6, 1, and 2, 20. Yeah. You know, I got a bunch of large guys that come to our noon class and teaching them some of the twister stuff and, and some of the fancier techniques that are in that 10th planet system. But 
man, it's just a different flavor. Like what I'm wanting to do is just integrate them as a like 10% subset of what we do. Hey guys do a blah, blah, blah. Right. All right. Now we're doing the core class. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I've gone down there and taken the classes. I love their warmups. And I mean, I just, it's good stuff and you have, there has to be change. Right. So, you know, I catch myself some days where, it's, you know, this is somebody asked me how long I've been doing this and June is literally 10 years, you know? So at the end of the day, it's not that long. I mean, it's a good while, but compared to some others, but sometimes we get in that mindset where we still do some of the stuff that we did in the very beginning. It has purpose, right? But we've always got to expand and build and just add to it, you know, cause just like you say, or anybody else, like jujitsu is endless, right? I mean, I don't think it's, somebody's always going to be re- recreating something, but a lot of that initial warm up stuff is, you know, people get away from it, right? There's I've traveled all over and there's a lot of places just don't do it. Right. They're just like, all right, let's just jump right into the technique, which is fine depending on how much class you have, but man, those movement drills, the 10th planet style, like all that stuff has purpose behind it. And that's what I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, and you know, like ultimately, what I want to do on the other side of like, cause right now we're having to learn all the drills and we're like through the, e, uh, well, the instructors are through the E series. So right. we're five of eight in, but I want to still, I want to basically be able to have like, Hey, we're going to do some sort of calisthenic body movement part of class for like, you know, five to seven minutes. And we're going to do a drill. Right. Five, seven, you know, it's so like we're the first 15 minutes of class is kind of calisthenics, solo movement, partner drill, flow chain drill, 10th planet stuff. And then we have like a core part of class and then some rolling. The right. new schedule in the evening, what I'm doing is um, three nights a week, uh, we are, we do an hour class. Right. With situ- situational rolling, but, uh, after the after the core class and we'll do some regular rolling sometimes but we're going to bow out and then do um free rolls so it's an hour and a half class but the first hour is kind of like what i'm talking about with these warm-ups core studies some situational rolling and the free rolls after that for people that want to get get that in right yeah it's just balance you know what i mean most of my classes actually all my jiu-jitsu classes are only an hour you know that's what i've done for a long time yeah, I've just been, and again, we're actually, when we, when we move, I might be able to restructure and run two classes at the same time. You know, it just depends on, uh, you know, I just don't want to overrun one class to the other. My kids' program is obviously the biggest, so that's always a concern scheduling-wise. But at the same time, you know, an hour and a half jujitsu class, some days when guys have been working all day, like, they just, by the end of it, they go to roll and they have nothing left, you know? So, yeah, for sure. That One thing that... um in thinking that, and then thinking that, like a lot of my members, well, just think about us, man. I mean, well, not me. I don't have kids, but you do, right? <laughs> I got, dude. I got to get home and see Pepperman, you know. Right. Uh, but most people, man, that you, I, I don't want to be being like, hey, Randy Melton, who's in, in his later thirties and has a wife and two kids at home, like, dude, yeah, jujitsu starts at eight. Right. You know, it's like, so we've made all our jujitsu start at five forty-five, and yeah, you know, classes start at six. So we're on. Yeah. So you get out early enough to still have dinner and spend time with your family. That's a big goal for me. Yeah. yeah the striking, I mean, we're out of the gym by eight o'clock. Our striking classes are from seven to eight every night. Sometimes seven thirty is when we're out. 
Yeah. Well, it splits a little bit, 7.15 to 8.15 certain nights of the week because I, I had to split some of my kids' classes. So, but again, the schedule is important just where it's, you know, where it kind of fits everybody and keeping it balanced. So, but looking forward, I mean, we need to expand. We outgrew our space. So really looking forward to that. Hopefully everything works out and can knock that out pretty quick. Yeah. Good, good problems. That's what everybody always says. Yeah. It's a good problem. I mean, again, this stuff kind of put a little hamper on it, but you know, things happen for a reason. And uh, I think everybody will bounce back. There's going to be think, some, I think there's so. gonna be some that don't, I mean, that's just a reality, right? When it comes to martial arts in general, jujitsu in general, there's just one well, business, man. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that just can't recover, but you know, the ones that do will just be better afterwards. Uh, Randy Mountain, the, who I just mentioned, his ears must be burning. He just just texted me, man. I saw my phone go off here on the table. That's funny. So <laughs> that's been about it here, man. Just uh, waiting to see what happens and uh, get back to jujitsu, get back to life. And yeah. Well, bro, t- tell me tell me a little bit about the jujitsu community uh in and around tucson where you're at like uh not just like tell me about who you're plugged in with but also tell me what it's like regionally like you know i mean what's it like in the state people around you talk about training with 10th planet like uh how's everything going for sure so i mean it started off as funny i was having a little conversation with my uh, business partner yesterday of you know when he first got here he took over i think 2008 2009 um it was so small, right? There wasn't that many academies around, right? You didn't have a lot to compete with. And we've added it up recently. And I mean, right now, just in the Tucson, you know, area, we've got some outlying towns. Like I'm about 25 minutes from downtown Tucson. There's 40 plus academies, man. Like 40 plus gyms that, you know, granted most, you know, there's quite a few that aren't jujitsu specific, but that offer jujitsu, you know, and the amount of teams out here has just grown, right? When, you know, even when I first came out here, there wasn't that many like big name teams in the area. Well, now like Aries has three or four academies out here. Soul Fighters has a couple, you know. So there's just a huge uh, a pool of places to train. It's one of what I've noticed so far, like the best when it comes to cross training and allowing like people to go to another gym. You know, you've got a few gyms that are like, ah, I just don't want you going over there. And we, you know, we both know that's just kind of ego of, you know, the instructor themselves not wanting to allow their students to learn from somebody else or just roll with anybody else. But man, I think there's, you know, between 15 and 20 community open mats a week. Um, we've got a Facebook page that has a PDF file with every, you know, where they're at times you know, so the opportunities to train, like there's people that I think legit don't even have a membership somewhere that just go to all the open mats and get, you know, I'm serious. You know what I mean? Ask questions. Like I've been in an open mat. I'm like, where are you training? They're like, Oh, I'm not training right now. And they're like, well, can you help me with this? I'm like, sure. You know, like, I don't mind, but, uh, you know, bagging it is fine. Yeah. Right. But it's a huge, you know, Arizona as a whole, like, man, just has some amazing talent, you know, Phoenix, you know, if we have 40, I'm going to guess they have it 80 to hundred, you know, there's so much jujitsu everywhere. I mean, you know, 10th planet teams, you've got, you know, Kyle Terra, you've got uh, all the Aries guys, soul fighters, Takino, 
Like they're all hubbed in Phoenix now or Scottsdale or that area. So that whole is Gustavo Dantas in Phoenix. Yeah. He's still in Tempe. Um, he's kind of, from my understanding, like he doesn't teach very much anymore, but he still has, you know, he's still Novignon and, you know, he's got a, quite a few affiliates. A lot of people have left. I mean, it's just part of the game, you know, that I've noticed since I've been here that were, you know, under him and have gone elsewhere, but that's not, not to him specific. That's jujitsu as a whole, you know, people have different goals. They have different uh, ambitions and, you know, but as an overall, like, I think it's one of the top contenders when it comes to like, you know, talent, you know, obviously East coast, West coast has a lot, but it's become a hub of like just amazing talent, you know, so many MMA fighters. I mean, Ben Henderson lives down there. Like, you know, there's so many uh, big names that are fighting out of like, the the lab uh for on the mma side to get to the ufc you got a couple guys in tucson that have made it to the ufc or you know yeah um when they're starting to have ufcs or well i mean they i think they have been for a while but yeah um i think that um what when crone gracie fought wasn't that in phoenix yeah i was in phoenix yeah, yeah. did you go to that no i didn't man honestly like people ask me like, are, you in, are you into it i'm like dude i haven't i can't remember the last time i sat down and watched ufc fight like I just, my interest, I, I mean, I don't watch, but maybe three or four a year. Yeah. I mean, my interest in it just, you know, isn't, I guess what it, it never really was, you know, but I just focused on jujitsu. It's the same thing in the, in the Academy, you know, striking instructor wants to bring in, you know, we were talk, talking about doing a little bit of MMA stuff and man, I'm just not really into it. It's just not the market that I want to do, or, you know, I'd rather just teach the, the jujitsu and, kickboxing and boxing if they want to do something like that that's fine but pure mma like to me i just i'm not into it man i've tried and tried to find a way to make it work uh where either we facilitate it or we have a space for it and on the new schedule i do have um mma on the schedule so we'll just see how that works yeah you know uh, but, I hope I hope that I hope that we can have some people come out because I mean I like being able to tie it all together. Yeah, no, it's good. And again, it's you know my thing always is maybe it's the selfishness of it, but it's like it takes so much time and energy out of just doing your pure business stuff when the guys are trying to like go to fights, get ready for fights. You know, there's a lot of time dedicated, and and it's not always about the money, right? But at the end of the day, like you know, time is money, and I'm investing my my time in you and I'm not getting a lot in return, you know, to me, it's not yeah. important to say, Hey, I got this guy to the UFC, like to Matt, I could care less. Right. Like I really didn't do that. You did that yourself, you know? For so, sure, man. For but sure. jujitsu out here, MMA, like it's been great. I've really, you know, as soon as I got here, like, you know, as most people know, I stayed with Danny. Like there was no, to me in my mindset, like there's no reason to, to jump over and look to get promoted elsewhere. You know, there's, uh, like I said, my business partner, he's a second degree black belt. I mean, he, he can still promote people. It's just, you know, got to thrive. Who, who is your, um, who's like you guys' ranking instructor? Uh, so locally, I mean, in Tucson, uh, David Riley is, you know, undisputed. He's a uh, second degree black belt. And then he falls directly underneath Sean Hammonds. So, and it was great. I, I hadn't, 
I'd trained with him a little bit when he had come out and done promotions, but I was able to go to their team training camp. Um, I think it was in February. Did Eric and, go to that? Uh, no, I didn't see him there. But yeah, dude, he's it, he's big on Sean Hammonds. He's close to him too. Yeah, it was well. He Sean had actually brought up uh, Eric a little bit in conversation, just talking about his judo and stuff. Because um, I was uh, obviously talking about Danny and all the how we all kind of tie together. Um, but dude, I had such an amazing time such an amazing time like the day like the actual seminar day like 60 plus black belts like 350 people on these mats that were just like jam-packed you know i never honestly like i'd never been to like an event that big after doing it for 10 years you know obviously the tournament is so much different than you know we're running all these little mini seminars with that many people on the mats it's pretty amazing and dude everybody it was just a you know, maybe it's that Southern hospitality, right? But everybody was like just super chill. Like it was just a really great time. Nice, nice. Got my ass kicked a little bit, kicked some ass, you know. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. Every time, every yeah. time I've ever ever been involved. Yeah, Sean, Sean's tough, dude. I mean, he's oh, little... dude. I've heard, and I mean, I've watched him roll too, yeah. um, and I've watched him be in some wars as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, just on ho- different highlight reels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah just well, anxiously, uh, waiting for jujitsu to return and, uh, you know, get back into it. I just, I love the community out here. It's been really great in Tucson and, you know, no, no complaints about that. I mean, there's just like anything else, there's drama everywhere, but you know, it's staying out of it. <laughs> it's, what is uh what's it been like being a bite belt for you man do you have any philosophical wisdom to impart uh oh, promotion I, yeah i mean just like anybody else right you kind of tie that belt on you and everybody kind of comes and looks for answers and you know thinks that you have the cure all answer all sometimes you know and it's just being able to step back be like you know i don't know everything right i can show you what i know i can help you with some stuff but you know, and I'm honest, right? Like there's some things I don't do. I don't bear and bolo. Like, it's just not, you know, if somebody wants to come learn that from me, you're not going to learn it, but I've got four other black belts downtown that can most definitely teach you the right way to do it. Um, so it's been great, man. It's been, uh, you know, it's, it's different, right? I mean, as you, cause we both kind of came up, you were always, you know, you'd obviously started training before me, but for me, it's just getting to that goal. Right. And it's something I never set. Right. Like I started, I was like, man, I'm not, you know, being a black belt, like that wasn't, didn't even cross my mind. Right. You know, you had so, like done wrestling and we're, we're trying to get like, fill that void. Right. Uh, no, I was kind of, I mean, the story was, is man, I had a guy at work that was like, man, come check out this jujitsu. I'm like, Oh, okay. I had really no idea of what it was. I'd watched UFC, but I had no real understanding of it. And uh, it wasn't really to fill a void. It was like he invited me over there. After about two, three weeks, I was hooked. I competed about a month in, and then he quit. You know, so still, even to this day, like we're still friends on Facebook because I worked with him, and I still tag him in the posts. Like, hey, bro, I got my purple belt. Hey, bro, I got my black belt. See where you could be. <laughs> you know, that's funny, dude. Giving him a hard time, but no, it's. I mean, getting the black belt's been great. It's you know, I never over focused on it but once i got it it's like okay cool now like you've really got to hone in on you know the teaching skills being able to provide like 
you know, for me, it's the next generation, right? If we, if we don't do a good job as a black belt, like teaching and fundamentally like instilling, not, I don't want to say old school, but fundamental jujitsu, like it's been, uh, it can be tough. And that's been my goal, right? Like ever since I got bought with black belt is like, all right, I'm going to make sure I instill some pure, like, you know, nothing fancy, just let's learn jujitsu, you know, so that's my refocus. Yeah, man. Um, one thing I'm going to be doing, um, talking about fundamental jujitsu. I did a private lesson recently with Jack. I'm uh-huh. going to be bre- breaking down some videos, some stuff um, that he taught me, but uh, I zoomed that. Oh, nice. And I filmed it on my phone. I'm kind of editing them together. Yeah. <laughs> and we did a podcast uh, the other day. It's going to come out tomorrow. Nice. But uh, it, um, I-, I may tie all of that stuff together. And he's been on the podcast a couple of times and I've vlogged about him. I may make a little mini documentary about it. I've been doing these little docuseries for our YouTube yeah. channel. Are you YouTubing at all for your, for your location? Uh, in what aspect? Well, like putting out any content. You said you were putting your Zoom cl- classes out for people. Are you doing like instructionals or do you have like a YouTube presence, anything like that? No. So all we're really doing is we're taking the virtual classes and then uh, our advertising guy basically puts it into, uh, you know, just edits the Zoom a little bit because we start or end late and sure. uh, Google Docs and uh, – <laughs> just share a link with everybody so they can go access it. And I know Chris and uh, I can't remember the name of the little website that he made monkey something. MailChimp. Um, uh, no, not mail. Carlino just did something where you could, oh, you, could yeah. you could organize everything, but you still need to link it through YouTube. And, you know, for me, I just don't, I don't have, it's not that I can't create the content. We just haven't created a lot of it. Right. And, there, and to me, sometimes it's too saturated. I mean, I kind of stick to, to me, it's all about, you know, gaining those new members. And, you know, I just don't see myself gaining that way. Um, like, I don't need to be relevant, I guess, on YouTube. I guess. Maybe that's the wrong mindset. I don't know. Man, for me, it's been, we get, I get a lot of students that watch the videos. So I feel like they get more access to me. Okay. Even though like, like the noon class folks, like dude, because I'm at the university, I never see them. Right. But they, and two for our, my instructors. So like, I feel like it's been, I feel like it's more beneficial as a retention tool okay. for members yeah. than a recruiting tool. And that makes sense. I mean, my first, our first two years open, uh, you know, business partner would, he would teach Tuesday, Thursday mornings and Wednesday night. So they saw him, but now that I'm retired, you know, even prior to retirement, like, dude, I teach every single jujitsu class except for one a week you know, which I have, I'm still there, but I've got, uh, one of our purple belt world champions that comes in and teaches wrestling and his gi side or jujitsu, you know? So I don't, the reason I haven't done that is because I feel like they get enough FaceTime, right. Where they see me enough. I'm in the gym, you know, there's not a lot of that disconnect. They're still learning straight from me. So just to go out exactly. and, you know, to go out and create a bunch of, a bunch of more content is just tough, you know? Yeah. Like, what it was for me for a long time. Yeah, I see the point. I see the uh, the purpose of it and why it would work. It's just even for us, like, dude, your jujitsu program on your adult side is probably huge compared to my location. I mean, I'm uh, maybe I think I have twenty in our jujitsu program on the adult side. Maybe maybe a little bit more, you know. And then you compare it to our downtown, where there's like, you know, two fifty, three hundred, maybe. Wow. You know? Yeah. 
on the jiu-jitsu side. I mean, we'll have a promotions. There'll be a hundred plus people on the mats. That, that's wild. Yeah. We're, we're probably around 40 to 50, give or take for adult jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And again, I mean, I can make some of that stuff for the kids, but at the same time, it's, you know, I want that interpersonal, like, you know, I'm more indirect and do it that way, you know? And again, it's your, the YouTube's not supplementing learning. It's just supplementing. Maybe they missed something this week, you know, they missed sure. last week. They can go back and look at it. So yeah, I just need to get better at time management. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, for me, I, for, at first I was doing it a lot where I was catching videos in class and I still do okay. that sometimes, but yeah. then I just built in a time period. Like I've started training with all my instructors, uh, <laughs> during different times. But before that, one of my instructors, he would just always come in certain times, Sunday morning, every week for an hour, that hour we would film, you know, enough videos to edit and spread out for a week. Right. And it was like what was being taught also. Yeah. Um, and we kind of, we kind of stopped that a little bit when we were moving, but I had a backlog of stuff and I still do. Um, right. And we filmed probably 50 videos uh, okay. because when we're doing daily fitness, kickboxing videos, I've done some jujitsu videos, shadow boxing videos. And man, when you're spreading them out and there are all these different programs, yoga and stuff for kids, it's um uh, it stacks up over the, over a few week period. Right. No, it's good. Yeah. We've just been, even right now, we've just been doing little minute, minute 30 clips of like technique of the day. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some of the stuff you posted Yeah, just on, little, on Facebook, I think. Yeah. Facebook or uh, Instagram of just, you know, short little clips just kind of keep people engaged a little bit. I don't expect them to go home and drill the day Heva we just showed, but you know, maybe that'll, it'll be in their mind for the next time when they roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, bro, it's, it was great catching up with you, Matt. Um, you too, buddy. I appreciate you, I appreciate you um, lending your downtime oh, yeah. uh, to the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know when I'll be in uh, Arkansas next, but uh, hopefully sometime over the summer, dude, I'll definitely make uh, the trip. And uh, well, Man, I'm not teaching this summer, so I'm actually uh, – this summer I'm – gonna take tons of adventures i'm gonna do lots of training i'm gonna do lots of cross training nice. um so i'm looking forward to it i've taught both summers that uh the last two years since i've right. been teaching college so um i'm looking forward to having the summer to just chill and work yeah. on projects and have fun yeah i'll definitely be uh taking a road trip out there i've been stopping and uh been staying out in dallas for a couple of days got some teams that i've been training with over there that's just amazing I just want to enjoy it. Right. Like I just want to get out train with whoever I can and get better, man. At the end of the day. For sure, man. So. Me too. Well, bro, I'll talk to you soon, man. Have a great day, man. All right, Brian. Thanks buddy. All right. We'll see you.